Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and day number 101 of our three-year journey through the Bible brings us to Exodus chapter 15 and the song of Moses that the people sang to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the gift of another day of life. We thank you for good truth from your word that we can hear and receive and respond to by faith. We thank you for good music that we can sing to celebrate the great salvation that you've given us. Father, write this portion of your word on our hearts this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. His horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desires shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh, with his chariots and his horsemen, went into the sea. The Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out with her, 
after her with tambourines and dancing, and Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink the water of Merah because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Merah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water, and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. That's Exodus chapter 15 in the English Standard Version. Well, we have this wonderful song, the song of Moses, which Moses and the people of Israel sang to the Lord. We see that at the end of chapter 14, where we were a couple of days ago, that Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And so the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. So it's the great deliverance that they saw, the, the power of the Lord that they witnessed. They testify in response to that by singing this beautiful song. In the book of Revelation, we are shown the assembled people of the Lord who are redeemed out of the great tribulation, out of the life of conflict in this world and the persecution against God's people. And when God defeats his enemies, the people of God with their harps, they sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. So the song of Moses refers to this in Exodus 15, and the Lamb. Because here the Lord triumphed gloriously through Moses and the parting of the Red Sea and the drowning of the Egyptian army. But ultimately, God has triumphed over greater enemies of sin and death and hell through the Lamb of God, who conquered by his own defeat, who conquered by offering himself up on the cross for us. And if you're listening to this in time with our Bible reading plan, it's, it's Monday of Holy Week, and we've just, done, uh, we've just done Palm Sunday, and we're looking forward to a Maundy Thursday service on Thursday evening where we will remember the Lord's Last Supper with his disciples, and, the, and on Good Friday we'll have some online things to remember Jesus, particularly on the cross and the things he said from the cross. And then Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, we get to celebrate his resurrection. That is the ultimate triumph of the Lord, which is foreshadowed here and anticipated here in Pharaoh and his army being drowned in the Red Sea. But ultimately, sin and death and hell and Satan, the accuser of the brethren, his demonic horde, those are the enemies that are swept away by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Let's look at what Moses and the people of Israel sing about God. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed 
gloriously, the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. This, these lines are repeated later by Miriam and all the women who pick up these opening lines of this song and turn it into a praise chorus that they repeat over and over again with tambourines and dancing. And so we see both a longer song that is uh, unfolding the deeds of the Lord as well as a, a shorter praise chorus that's repeated uh, the main thought. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. You see, this was what terrorized the people of God. The fact that they were on, on foot with women and children walking and they were being pursued by men on horseback. The horse and his rider, the chariot riders. But they were thrown into the sea. What terrorizes God's people is not a terror to God. God triumphs gloriously. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. This, those two lines become a refrain that are repeated throughout the history of Israel in several famous psalms, including Psalm 118. Uh, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Now, I pointed out to you a couple of days ago that the word salvation is Yeshua, which is the same as the name of Jesus. So Jesus' name is salvation, and salvation is the name of Jesus. And so this these two lines of song, which became repeated throughout the history of Israel as a very central part of their anthems of praise, is an anticipation of the incarnation of Jesus. That's when the Lord, Yahweh, becomes our salvation, is in the person of Jesus and his life and death and resurrection and ascension and coming return. is He is our salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord fights for his people. The Lord defends his people. We do not need to trust in earthly defenses. The people of Israel had no earthly defense. Too often the people of God are tempted when we're scared to turn to earthly means of defense. Gonna get a gun. Gonna get, you know, uh, and not that there's anything wrong with gun ownership. I'm just saying, if we're trusting in these things, if we're, our heart is saying we need political allies who can defend our cause, we need we need you know political coalition, or we need more money, or we need more weapons, or we need more whatever. I'm going to stockpile whatever. Okay, all of these ways of looking for earthly help. And again, not that there's anything necessarily wrong in and of itself, of those things. It's a matter of the heart. Where do we look? Because when God led Israel out of Egypt, they were equipped for battle. They did have weapons for warfare, and they would fight warfare. But their hearts needed to trust in the Lord. And when their hearts weren't trusting in the Lord, they were captive to and enslaved to fear. And when their hearts did trust in the Lord, they were free of those things. So, it is the Lord whose right hand is glorious in power. The right hand of the Lord is a reference to his, the exercise of his authority, the exercise of his power in the world. So a ruler in the ancient world would sit on the throne and make judgments and make orders. And his right hand man would be the one who would go and carry those things out, who would be the exercise of that authority. In the Trinity, God the Father's right-hand man is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who carries out uh, the glorious 
plan and purposes of the Lord in his kingdom work for his people. So God has overthrown the enemies of God, and we should rejoice. We should rejoice and we should sing just as Moses and Israel rejoiced and sang. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in deeds, doing wonders? We should focus on the uniqueness of the Lord. If we think about this in terms of Jesus, the right hand of the Lord, the Lord who has become our salvation, we should understand and be able to share with others and celebrate the uniqueness of Jesus. He's the only one who has defeated death. He has overcome death by the power of his eternal resurrection life. Other people have been raised back to life again. We could think of Lazarus or the son of the widow of Nain or others, but they died again, right? They were raised back to life, but they died again. Jesus alone has the power of an unconquerable life. He's the only one who died to take our sins upon himself, to, to, to forgive us of all of our sins. He's the only one who did such mighty works publicly, healing people who were born blind, feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000, walking on water, calming a storm with a word, healing, raising the dead multiple times. The, the daughter uh, of the synagogue official and the son of the widow of Nain and Lazarus after he'd been buried in the tomb for four days. And he did things that no one else has ever done. And we should know those things and we should rejoice in those things and we should be able to share those things because our culture likes to say, well, all religions are basically the same and Jesus is just like Muhammad or Confucius. You just choose one, whichever one you want to follow. No, Jesus is unique. There is no one like him in heaven or on earth. And we should know that and rejoice in it and worship him for that and be ready to tell others about him. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. This is the guidance that we have by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. We are led in God's steadfast love, in God's chesed, in his covenant loyal love and tenderness to us. We are led because we have been redeemed and he's guiding us by his strength to his holy abode, and he will bring us to his holy mountain. Verse 17, you will bring them and plant them on your holy mountain. Ultimately, that is the new heavens and the new earth, the eternal glorious dwelling place of God with his people, and the Lord will reign forever and ever. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that such a beautiful song? And I almost hate to come down off of that climax and point out the reality at the end of this chapter, but we have to because... This is the truth. The faith that the people of Israel had, even though it was sung with such beautiful words, and Moses wrote those words, and clearly Moses had true and saving faith, but the people of Israel did not. The people of Israel did not really trust the Lord. They rejoiced in his salvation. They were thrilled to see the army of Pharaoh drowned the horse and his rider, he's overthrown, buried in the sea. They loved to see that and they sang his praises. But I don't think they really believed every part of what they sang in the Song of Moses. Because they come to a place where the water is bitter and they can't drink it and they grumbled. They grumbled. They grumbled against Moses. Moses cried to the Lord. What do you do when you come to a hard, hard place in your life? Do you grumble against 
the earthly circumstance or the person that you think put you in that earthly circumstance, or do you cry out to the Lord? Ooh, that's a good test, isn't it? When you're in a hard situation, when you're in a difficult situation, do you grumble against the situation or the one that you think put you in that situation, or do you cry out to the Lord? And the Lord there was gracious to them and made the water sweet. And he told them, do all the things that I command you to do, and I won't judge you the way that I judged the Egyptians. Now, some people have mistaken this verse, verse 26, as some absolute promise that if you follow the biblical dietary laws, you're going to have perfect health. That is not at all what the Lord is saying here. He is not promising them that if they will only follow the biblical dietary laws, they'll have perfect health. He's saying, if you listen to the Lord, if you do what he says, faith shows itself by doing. So if you listen to the Lord and you do what he says, he won't judge you the way he judged the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. And part of that judgment will come, part of that withholding of judgment will come in the fact that he will be gracious to us and will heal us and strengthen us and ultimately resurrect us to eternal life. So there's a great gospel promise here of the withholding of judgment and of the giving of eternal life for those who know the Lord and who love the Lord, who trust the Lord, and that shows in our lives by doing what the Lord says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us that is unfailing. Help us to walk in your faithfulness today. Help us to trust you and to walk in the path of your commands. We love you. We thank you. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow, day number 102, we will be uh, right here in Exodus, continuing on to chapter 16. So I hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.